On today's podcast, I'm talking to my very good friend, Savannah Foster, about her high-powered career in a male-dominated industry and how she continues to reach new heights in her professional life while raising a family and maintaining a great relationship with her husband. She's so interesting to talk to. Savannah is an NFL sports agent and the vice president of client relations for Athletes First, one of the biggest sports agencies. She basically manages the lives of over 50 NFL football players. To say her job is 24-7 seems like an understatement, so if she can figure out a balance, there's hope for the rest of us. Savannah is so positive and hardworking and has the best outlook on setting goals and dreaming big. Join me for this very interesting chat about business and babies and making it all work. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. Welcome back to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today for what is definitely going to be an interesting conversation with my friend Savannah. Savannah has two of the cutest little kids, one boy and one girl, and she is one of the hardest working businesswomen that I know. So in this chat, we are getting into all sorts of things, what it's really like to be an NFL sports agent and what it's like to work in an industry with mostly dudes and how to navigate all that how to have little kids and still reach your goals in your career, but also, you know, still have your family as your priority. She, I know her husband is so supportive and she feels like she could never do it without him. So we're going to get into their dynamic and how that all works. I'm going to ask her about what she does to take care of herself and how she has me time and how she sets boundaries and how she disconnects, all the things that so many of us struggle with in our own lives, in our own way, in our own world. I have been wanting to talk to and interview Savannah for a very long time, aside from achieving incredible things in her career. She's just such a cool human. She is so caring and like wonderfully powerful, but also has this great energy of like, like peacefulness and happiness and joy. I just love her and I know you are going to love her. So here we go. My interview with my very good friend and NFL sports agent, Savannah Foster. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Hi, thank you for coming. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you and to dig into more of your world, work life and home life. And I know it's going to be really interesting for people to hear. I hope so. I think it will be. <laughs> yeah, it totally will be. You have such a cool job. Is everyone interested in your job? Like, does everyone have questions for you? Because when I posted on Instagram, there were hundreds of questions about your job. Honestly, yes. I, I think it is kind of sexy, you know, to want to work in sports. And then once people get on the inside, they're like, wait a minute. I didn't realize it was so much stuff. <laughs> We get that all the time. People are like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to work in sports. And then when they get in here, they're like, wait a minute, that's a lot more time uh, than I was willing to put into it. But yeah, no, we get tons of questions. I get phone calls pretty much every day. Just let me pick your brain. How did you get to where you're at? Tell me about your journey and that sort of thing. Because there aren't a whole lot of people who work in sports. You know, it's a pretty small 
industry compared to most most of them. So yeah, we do get a ton of questions. Did you always, where you're at now, was that the goal? Like, is that when you started in this industry, did you know where you wanted to go? Yeah. You know what? I'm literally living out my dreams. I'm so thankful because I know not most people will get that opportunity, you know, and whenever I was in college at the University of Louisville, I worked for the president's office and I helped him host some of his big sports events. So we went to the College World Series NCAA panel for basketball tournament and I really fell in love with sports at that point and decided I want to be a, I wanted to be a sports agent. So I asked my sorority advisor at the time what I should do. She said, you need to move to California or New York because we don't really have a pro sports team here in Kentucky and probably not a lot of opportunities in pro sports. So I did it. I moved to California, didn't know a soul, and started law school, which ends up you don't really need a law degree to be an NFL agent, but I didn't know that at that time. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to do, and I mean, I'm thankful 13 years later I'm living it out. Yeah. One of our questions was, shallow question, but is Savannah's work anything like the show Ballers with Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> you know what? Full disclosure, I've never seen the show, which is so embarrassing because I think I'd really love it. And I actually was on set for Ballers. One of my clients was in the show, the very last episode. I went up there with him and got to see it all and be a part of it, which was an incredible experience. But yes, long story short, it is. I think it's very, very similar in a lot of ways. And like to Entourage, you know, back in the day, that probably dates me. Entourage was such a popular show. There are definitely a lot of a lot of uh, similarities there between the industries. Absolutely. Yeah. What is the hardest part of your job? Would you say? Definitely life balance. Life balance is incredibly difficult, and like. You know, I've been doing this for 13 years and it's something I still struggle with every single day. So just trying to make sure that I'm not spread too thin and I'm able to give my full self to everything I'm doing has definitely been the biggest challenge for me. And I still work on it every single day. Yeah. One of the questions we got is, and we'll get into all the balancing business and babies because I think that's one of the things that people are most curious about. But just because you mentioned that, if you feel like anyone gets the back seat sometimes, who is it? Is it you personally or your husband or your kids because of such having such a busy schedule? I would definitely say me a lot of times because, you know, I think that's just my – most women, uh, you know, it's our natural mom self to be like self-sacrificing and that sort of thing. But next to me, my husband for sure because he ends up – you know, he gets me at my most tired uh, and after I'm just completely spin out. So, yeah, between the two of us for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's funny. We always make sure the kids are handled and then, you know, we kind of give ourselves and our spouse sometimes what's left. But, you know, you make it work. One other one other question kind of along these lines, how do you avoid burnout and set boundaries? Well, I also very much struggle with the boundaries thing. You know, it's so funny. People ask me all the time, like, what are some funny memories that come to you? You know, whenever you're talking about working in sports and I tell this story often, it's 100 percent true, but it shows uh, my challenge in working with boundaries. I was literally in labor with my daughter last March. So during 2020, the quarantine, and I was on FaceTime with one of my clients and his girlfriend. And literally on the phone, FaceTiming, when the doctor came in, she's like, all right, like it's go time. And so I had to go and everything. And it's funny because everybody says, what was so important that had to be handled at that moment? But the story, absolutely nothing at all. We were just chit-chatting and having a good time and, you know, conversating. And it was a special moment in my life. And this client and his girlfriend are really good friends of mine. So I think it's complicated because our relationships really transcend like a transactional relationship. You know, we really are ingrained in one another's lives. So it does become very blurred 
you know, the line between work and impersonal and, and interpersonal and friendships, because I very much deem a lot of my clients very dear friends. So the balance part in that regard is challenging because there's really no fine line at all. You know, it just all kind of blurs together into one life, you know? Right. Do you feel like your job is pretty 24-7? Like, I feel like just knowing you, it seems like you never walk out of a door completely, right? Like, you never walk out of, you know, walk out of work completely or, you know, you're always, you know, managing the babies even if you're not with with them. Do you feel like everything is 24-7? A hundred percent. It's funny, this week, just two nights ago, I was so tired for some reason. I fell asleep at like 9 p.m., which is not like me at all. And I woke up, of course, at like 1 a.m. with like 75 text messages and 100 emails. Like, oh, my gosh. And it's all things that are very time sensitive. It's just the nature of what we do. You know, we manage our clients at a very, very high level. And so we constantly are trying to just go with the flow and figure out the next problem and solve it and, you know, continue to move forward. So, yeah, it's definitely 24-7. But I, as a mom, that's something, you know, I'm constantly making efforts to try to like you know, between six and seven, I need to really be undivided attention to the kids. And, you know, every now and then there's something that's like earth shattering that pops up in that moment. But most of the time it's something that can kind of wait an hour or wait two hours until I get the kids to bed. You know? So I think that's something that I'm slowly starting to become more comfortable with uh, the more mature I'm getting in my career that most things are OK. And clients are very understanding. You know, they're like, okay, it's okay to go take a shower. You know, if you know, it's okay to eat dinner. Like, I'm totally fine with it. Um, so, just becoming more confident and kind of setting those minor little boundaries has definitely been impactful for me. Right. From an efficiency standpoint, how do you manage your to do list? Because I imagine that, especially you walk in, you have so many things to do. Do you just kind of prioritize, okay, like put out the fires first, anything time sensitive first, but then do you feel like you finish your to-do list each day or is it never finished? You know, the, with the nature of what we do, it's never, ever finished, but I always feel in a good place, if that makes any sense at all. So, you know, a lot of what I do is very time sensitive projects. So, of course, on those, you have to kind of go in chronological order, like what's most pressing. But we do have some longer term projects, too. So even if I finish with like the most present day to day things, there's still those longer term projects. So, you know, we're, it's obviously the middle of August. We're already looking to Super Bowl things in February. So, you know, those things are always in the back of your mind and there's tons of work to do on those. So even if you're caught up, you're never really caught up, <laughs> but it's good. I mean, I, re I really, I'm thankful for that, you know, because it keeps me driven. It keeps me motivated and the work is, is fun. You know, it's not just a paper pushing nine to five every day. It's something different and we're dealing with people's lives and, and that makes it really you know, meaningful for me. Mm-hmm. And I think I got so many questions again about people so interested in your job. What would you, what advice would you give to someone who wants to be in this industry, who wants to start as an intern or an assistant or kind of get into the industry? What kind of tips would you give them? Just be gritty, be absolutely out there gritty and take any and every opportunity you can find. So I think a lot of times people are like, I want to be an agent. So I'm only going to try and apply for agent assistance positions or, you know, maybe an agent and training program. But for me, you know, I started off as a receptionist and was able to reach my goals in a different way. And I think a lot of people don't realize that that's a very real possibility because the sports industry is so small. 
if you get your foot in the door and show people what you're capable of doing, the sky is the limit for you, right? All we want to know is people are in here ready to kick ass, work hard every day, give their all and be just totally driven and motivated by their work. So yeah, I think a lot of times people don't realize that any opportunity in sports is a step in the right direction, in my opinion. So even if you want to work for an agency, working with a sports team is a great experience. A brand who works with that. Like here in Southern California, we have Oakley, we have Hyperice, you know, a lot of these brands that deal a lot with athletes. That's great exposure too. So I think a lot of times just being open-minded in the process is really important. Mm-hmm. How much do you think being such a, such an, like, aside from the fact that you hustle and you're such a hard worker, but the fact that you genuinely so care about people so much and at such a deep level, do you think that that has contributed, like, just by being your friend, I can see that in my eyes, that probably contributed as much as the hustle is you genuinely care about all of your players, everyone you work with. Like you just have so much genuine heart and soul. Maybe it's because of where you're from and your awesome mom and stuff. But do you think that that is equally as important? Definitely. I think to honestly, to be successful in this role, especially, but particularly sport, I mean, sports in general, you have to have a heart for service. And that's something that a lot of people don't realize because what we do every single day, we're servicing these clients and their families. You have to really love it and really care about them. And, you know, I'm so in tune with the players and their families. I can tell if there's something a little amiss, you know, like if something's a little off, if their energy's low uh, and being able to detect, to detect those things have been so instrumental in my success because, you know, I'm able to see like, okay, maybe he's going through something, you know, maybe that would even translate to his performance on the field. What can we do to kind of head that off before it becomes a problem for him? So, yeah, constantly just being aware has been really important to me. But I think some of that comes with me caring so deeply. Right. What are some of the things that you do for players? Like I think that just just knowing you and chatting with you, it's such an interesting job with so many layers. What are kind of, you know, kind of the things that you handle and manage for the players? You know, it's so difficult to articulate because it comes off like a high-end, like concierge service, but it's really so much more than that because it's so proactive. And I will say the short word, the short term of it is everything you can imagine. Literally everything we've done it, I'm sure. Uh, but my department specifically, we handle everything for the players off the field outside of their marketing. So this summer has been a wonderful for us on the client relations side of things because we got to dabble with a lot of different things. So one of our players just had a back to school drive. We were able to help him get 400 kids sent off to school, you know, backpacks and school supplies and all of that. So being very grassroots and helping him kind of execute those visions and dreams he has off the field is really cool. Um, I helped plan one of my players' baby showers you know, for their first baby not too long ago. So running it from the ground up uh, was incredible. Picking the colors plumes, you know, you name it from top to bottom. I did it all. Um, and so all of those things, you know, kind of aren't what you think of when you think of being a sports agent, but like we really pride ourselves on doing all those things because again, it helps us get to know the players and their families on such a different level. Um, so literally anything you can imagine today, I've sourced Dodgers tickets, made some dinner reservations, private dining reservations, uh, getting tickets for games this coming season. I mean, it's just, you name it, we do it. <laughs> everything under the sun. Yeah, it's endless. But I bet you it makes you feel so capable. Like, don't you feel like there's nothing that you can't figure out because every day is a little different and every day you're almost like solving the impossible in a little or a big way. 
Exactly. And like even 13 years later, every day I encounter new things that I haven't done before, which is incredibly rewarding. You know, I'm like, I feel like a problem solver every day. It's like, you know, being creatively challenged is super fun too, because I guess that's kind of the second part of it. You're talking about having the heart for it, but you got to be not willing to take no for an answer with anything. So we're so creative and like gritty. We're going like through people's Instagram and seeing who they follow and who those people follow. We get really deep into these processes when we're trying to make connections with different brands and, and that sort of thing on behalf of our players. But yeah, no, I definitely think um, it's something that was difficult to articulate when we love what we do every single day. Yeah. Now, kind of getting into so many questions about working in a male-dominated industry and how you've been able to navigate that, but especially how you've been able to, you know, really work your way up to such an incredible, huge career and position that you have now. Um, How do you manage working in an industry that's mostly male-dominated? You know, I think, I'll be totally honest, I'm so thankful to have such incredible support from my colleagues and my management here who've helped empower me to be able to kind of take the bull by the horns and do what I want to do professionally. So, you know, whenever I started off as a receptionist and assistant to the president, he quickly told me like, you're far too talented to keep doing this and doing things for me. You need to work for these players because that's where your gift is. So kind of empowering me to take on this new role and grow it out from nothing. Now we have eight full-time staff members in my department. Like it means the world to me to have that kind of support. So I definitely don't take it for granted, but you know, there's also had kind of unique challenges in working from sports from a woman's perspective as I was growing up in the industry because, you know, for the longest time, people thought I was maybe a girlfriend or an assistant to the players whenever I'd be out on set and things. So it was definitely a different level of respect than when people realized that you know, maybe I do have a little bit more influence in these players' lives in a different way um, and uh, not just, you know, like an arm candy type of situation. So it's something I've overcome, but I think one of the biggest like monumental moment in that regard in my life was when I was one of the only people in the office this day. This is probably five or six years ago. And the receptionist buzzed my office and she said, there's a man on the phone who's looking to speak with an agent. So can you mind talking to him? I'm like, sure. So I picked up the phone and the man on the line said, oh no, the receptionist must have misunderstood me. I was looking to talk to an agent. I was just so taken aback. Like, well, I am, you know, I have my credentials. I've worked my ass off to be where I'm at in this industry. And I think that, I mean, it was a common mindset. Just he wasn't expecting to hear from a younger woman on the phone. So overcoming those challenges, um, it really, it's empowered me in a different way. You know, I'm like, well, I'm going to show you what I'm capable of. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, don't tell me I can't do it because I'll prove you wrong, you know, times 10. I was in a similar, I was in a meeting with a big retail store, probably the same thing, like five years ago. And I, it was sitting across like a big board table with an older gentleman and he was presenting, he wanted a deeper discount on our products and he was kind of presenting why it would be beneficial and all this stuff. And I was, you know, kind of contemplating it. And he said, you know, no pressure. If you want to take time and take it home, discuss it with your husband and come back to me, you know, I'm totally fine. And in his mind and probably just being like an old dude, just like old school thinking, but I literally looked at him and I said, if my husband was sitting here, there's no way you would ask him if he wanted to go home and discuss it with his wife before giving an answer. And it's just so interesting how those things go. I definitely, I think you hit the nail though. I think it's definitely an age thing because now, I mean, especially in this day and age, there are 
we're, we're far from where we need to be, right? And equality, absolutely. But there are far more women in our industry now than there ever have been before. So while we still have a long way to go, we're making incredible strides. And I saw an article the other day, there are 12 female coaches right now in the NFL, which is far and away the most ever. So we're definitely on the rise and on the way up. And I think people that are really in tune with things see that and understand it aren't like totally shocked when a female answers the phone, you know? Right. Anymore. One really interesting question that I would have never thought of is how do you keep from abandoning female qualities to fit in to the industry? No, no it's funny. I don't really think about that every – I don't ever think about that at all, to be honest. But whenever I look at, like, my physical appearance, I'm like, maybe I'm a little bit more relaxed. Uh, you know, it's the environment. We work in sports. So sweats are the norm. Athleisure at best most days in the office is just what we do. If we were to dress – any more than that, players would come in and be like, what are you doing? Like, I want you to be authentic. This is odd to me. Uh, that's not too stuffy. Um, so I think like physical wise, maybe on a day to day, but generally I don't feel like I have to lose any of it. I, do, I very much embrace it. Um, and especially, you know, like running events. You know, I've had some female events that we posted in the past through the agency. And we're hoping to do many more of those in the future. We embrace it and love it. And I think you know, I really, really, I want to capitalize on my femininity, if anything. Yeah. Yeah. Diving back into business and babies. So many questions, like I said, literally hundreds. Like I'll read a couple of them. How to juggle career and big career and children, managing schedule and babies, managing a big job and babies. What tips do you have and what hacks have you learned? I definitely think it all comes down to my partnership with my husband. He has been an incredible rock and so supportive of my career. I wouldn't be able to do what I do without him. Absolutely, like hands down. He absorbs so much uh, and is so understanding and gives me like no crap about it ever. And I, I, I would like to say I'd be the same if the roles were reversed, but I don't know if I would be so understanding because a lot of times I'd be like, you know, oh, um, can you pick up the kids um, and watch them for a while? Because I'm going to Houston for a couple of days and I'll be back on Thursday. He's like, I got you. Go do your thing. Go handle it. And is so incredibly supportive, like above and beyond. That makes my life so much easier. And I'm more able to focus on what I need to be focused on for that particular time. And then, of course, when I get home, you know, obviously that's my focus, too. But I think far and away, his support has made it made it worth it for me and made me able to keep doing what I do at such a high level and continuing to grow, you know, and not becoming stale or stagnant in what I do. Um, so that's definitely a part of it. Um, hack wise, and again, I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, but I think finding pockets of time throughout the day that's like, this is my family time, this is my work chunk, this is my family time, and then knowing I'm probably still going to have to work late nights to make up for those little windows um, is what makes it work for me. So, you know, in the mornings when the kids get up and from breakfast to the time they go to daycare, like that's, I try to be as uninterrupted as I can be during that frame. And then when I'm at work, fully into work. Um, and I think. That's something that I, I haven't always done. You know, as a young professional for the first 10 years of my career, I worked 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every single day. I never made time for anything, never worked out, never. I remember going to movies, you know, I've probably been with you at dinner and just like left because I'm just having to go tend to something. And you know, I remember leaving movie theaters because I was working so hard. So having the wherewithal to understand that it's okay to take a moment away with my family and do what I need to do and then come back to work whenever I'm ready and able to do it even and continue that 
you know, mindset has been really helpful for me. So no real like earth shattering hacks, but pockets of time have been helpful for me kind of thinking about things in that way as far as my schedule goes. And having a partner that is so supportive and also him being such a cool person that he doesn't, you know, because it's already hard for you to be, to do, to do everything. I mean, you, you know, you have your dream life, like a husband you love so much and two beautiful babies. Like you have the family dream that you always wanted and you have the career dream and it's so difficult. But I find that even friends I know that have, you know, whether it's the husband or wife, whatever way it goes, it's, you know, sometimes one will make the other person feel guilty, but not even meaning to like, oh, really, you know, just because they're exhausted or whatever. So it's so cool that he's able to get to a place to where he's like, nope, got you. You go do your thing. Because otherwise, even if he just was like, oh, come on, it's already hard for you. Of course, it's hard to fly and be away from your babies, even if it's two days. So I'm sure it just helps so much having his response be supportive for you to, you know, keep doing it. Yep, absolutely. And I think, you know, kind of secondary to that, the the other big thing that's really helped me is bringing my kids along with everything that we do. So, you know, from a very early age, I've tried to just, this is part of your life and this is what you're going to do and you're going to live. And, you know, ultimately it's going to be super fun for the kids being around this. And I'm like, you don't understand, but it's so cool that, you know, these football players are at your birthday party right now. Like you don't get it of you know, cause they're just your friends, but like one day you're going to say like, man, that's pretty cool. Uh, but like, you know, when Beckham was little bitty, I mean, he was probably seven or eight weeks old. He went with me and Brooks to the Super Bowl and the Pro Bowl when he was a baby. And I've continued to, you know, just integrate them into that lifestyle. Um, and it's been, it's been pretty great so far. You know, we took the kids to Rams had training camp last week here in Irvine. So took the kids to training camp and, you know, I'm able to still fulfill my professional obligations while being a mom and kind of just marrying them both together. Um, it's been really fun and special because then the players have kids and the kids are all friends and, and you know, it just works out in a really special way. Yeah. It's interesting because I thought of you when I was watching the Pink documentary. Have you seen it where she goes on tour and brings her kids? You have to watch it. It's so interesting because I really thought of you because I remember that first time when he was tiny and you took him to the Super Bowl and Pink kind of goes through this whole conflict. It's such a fascinating thing about working hard and being a mom and balancing, but she's just like, I worry that you know, maybe they're missing out on other things, but also look at these experiences and your kids are around, you know, they're still little for this, but not only will they be able to go to Super Bowls, but they're also around really interesting, cool people who have worked hard and are at the pinnacle of, you know, of whatever it is physically or, you know, business wise, like they just have that, these super cool experiences, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being able to learn from people too, you know, like, again, they're so young right now, they don't really see it, but the, the, the dedication and the hard work it took for these athletes to get to that level, like all of that's hopefully, you know, rubbing off on the kids and they see that every day and being around it and seeing, you know, how we're able to integrate our families, I think is really important. Yeah. Okay. A couple more questions to make sure that I make sure that I get through because people wrote such nice, long, thoughtful questions. I think it's, I think it's really, really cool. Um, okay. So one personal question, I can't hire outside help. How does your husband help lighten the chore load and obligations? I mean, I get, I can't say enough positive things about him. He just, and I, I mean it with all sincerity. He really does like, we're like 50, 50 at home with everything that we do. And whenever one of us has to step away, the other one, it's very much a balance um, and zero ego. And we just really work together to make sure everything is totally balanced out and, and handled, you know? So again, like if he's running out of the house, I'm like, I got it. Don't worry. Like I'll handle things or vice versa. Just making sure that we're a team 
um, has been really special for me in our marriage. So we're coming up to our year four, which is crazy. It's already been that long. But thinking about like how cool it is to work with him, like as a teammate on everything, instead of even just a partner, like viewing him like a teammate, like I'm tagging you in, like I'm going over here. Um, it's been really, really fulfilling for me. So yeah, we don't have any help at home either. The kids are in daycare. Uh, we do have a couple of sitters that are great and like step in when we need them. But most of the time, it's just the two of us, you know, and our families are both on the East Coast. So we're just figuring it out. Um, yeah, I think just leaning on each other and being honest with one another. too. You know, like the other day, I was like, I'm really tired. I just need to go to bed. Like, can you just deal with everything tonight? And I'll, I'll be back tomorrow uh, and vice versa. You know, he's like, you know, I'm tapped out. Like, I don't have much more to give today. Just being honest with one another, I think is really important too. Right. How do you navigate cooking for your family? Well, I still haven't figured that one out. <laughs> I'm terrible at that. I honestly just don't cook that much. Yeah, it's, I mean, unfortunately, it's a lot of takeout, healthy takeout for sure. Um, I'm thankful we are in this area, you know, Southern California. We have such great access to everything. I know most places aren't like that. Um, yeah, I definitely don't cook as much as, as I should. I've done the meal kit thing here and there, but, you know, on most days, I don't get home till six and the kids go to bed at seven. So it's uh, it's really challenging. I'm working on it. And I do feel like, the pandemic, of course, is shattering in so many different ways. But the one kind of bright side out of it is a little bit more flexibility and working from home and having more of a virtual schedule. We've always done that anyways. I mean, we're working 24-7 regardless of where we're at. But being able to jet out of the office a little bit early to do things like get food prepared and all that has been helpful too. So hopefully trending up on the, the cooking. <laughs> Yeah. But what I've really learned, Kosh, in my own life is it's kind of like ages and stages. Like you can't be you can't be 110% at everything. You know what I mean? It's like you just don't have time for everything. So I feel like if, you know, that is, you know, you're getting it done, you're getting it done awesome. And at some level, you'll, get, you'll do it re in your mind what's really awesome. But that's one thing that's been hard for me to kind of accept is, listen, like you you physically, like you just don't have enough bandwidth to be 110%. And so you'd rather, you know, spend that time having the quality time, you know, playing with your kids on the ground and reading to them, which I think is a good trade-off. And before you know it, they'll be a little older and then they'll cook with you. And, you know, it's funny how things change when you don't always have to have a plan for it, you know? One specific question, how would you advise someone who was, you know, felt like they were in the gay, lesbian, trans, you know, world? How would you advise them to come out? How should they do it? I've never encountered that situation personally before, but I think it is such an intimate and personal decision. It would really come down to that person and what makes them most comfortable, uh, where they're at in their life, you know, what they're looking to do, their goals and that sort of thing. So I think it'd be a very, very individual decision on even how to invite them to do it because you want it to be something that's organic and true to that person um, and not to feel pressured to come out if it's not the appropriate time for them in any form of their life, particularly their career. You know, you want to make sure it's organic and natural. So I think it's just a very individual thing. And players come to you with things that personal all the time, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I've never encountered that, but definitely things to that level for sure. Yeah. I'm sure you could never answer this, but I have to ask, who's your favorite athlete you have or are, you have worked with or are currently working with? Oh my goodness. You know, I get in trouble for answering that. I will say this and not like a cop-out way. I'm so fortunate to work with so many incredible people. And I mean that with all sincerity. So off the top of my head, I could name probably 10, 15 guys. But everybody at work always makes fun of me because all the time I'm positive. I'm a very positive person. I'm always like, oh my God, he's the best. He's my favorite. 20 different players. I literally say that all the time, but I, I really mean it. 
yeah, so way too many to name. But yeah, if I had to name one, I would always probably name Von Miller just because I feel like he and I kind of grew up in the industry together. Um, and I got to spend some really impactful moments in my life with him right after he was named Super Bowl. We pretty much lived together for four or five months as I was helping him with the, all of his tour and everything after he got MVP. So that was a really important time in my life and my development. I uh, I attribute all that to him. Yeah. How, um, what do you do for you? Like your own self-care, your own me time. I know there's probably not much time for it, but like what are those little things that you do for you? You know what? If I have a day where I have a free moment and I can do anything I want to do, vegging out and Netflix is like my favorite thing to do. I don't do it nearly as much as I should, but that is like my happy place. Like finding a new show, watching four or five episodes, just eating chips in bed. Like that's, that's, that's my go-to right there. It's a very simple. I don't need anything crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's like full disconnecting, like just straight relaxing because you're probably just on the go so much and your brain brain's always moving and doing 10 things at once. So I totally get that. Exactly. And I can't look at my phone. You know, there's too much. Go- I just want to just like veg out, watch some trashy show and just. Totally. Is it possible for you to have a healthy relationship with your phone and with tech, with having to be on call all the time? I don't know. <laughs> I've never figured that out. Um, honestly, no, I don't think so. I think it's just kind of a, a part of the job. You know, it's a constant thing. Although I do at night now, I do turn my phone on silent when I go to sleep, which is a huge development for me. Uh, big, big moves. So I do turn it on silent when I go to sleep. Um, but, you know, that's something I, I didn't always have the luxury of doing because, you know, as I've gotten older, I don't get as many phone calls at two or three in the morning, but it's definitely a reality points, you know, and if I, if I have a player traveling and I think something could be amiss in the middle of the night, I'll leave my phone on. Um, particularly if, you know, there's something I think could happen. I always try to anticipate issues. Um, you know, if a player has something going on, yeah, I'll leave it on. But I, I do turn it off at night, which is a step in the right direction, I think. Yeah, I don't know if it's ever going to be a healthy relationship. <laughs> <laughs> big move, big move. <laughs> But you're good. Like if we're at dinner, like, you know, you always are ready, you know, ready if someone needs a ping, but you're able to fully engage. And I think a lot of people who have a job that's, you know, they're tied to their, their, you know, computer and they're tied to their phone. It's easy to almost like let that kind of addiction run you. But you're very much like, listen, if I need to hop on, you'll be like, guys, I just need one quick second. But then you're fully engaged, which for me sometimes, you know, I don't, I don't have a job nearly as demanding as you. And I even find, I'm like, whoa, wait, what? am I doing? Like, let's put that down for a minute and like actually engage, you know, sometimes just because you spend so much time on it, then it just kind of becomes the routine, but you're very good at still being very present. Thank you. I really try. I work on that because, you know, again, I think if I'm present in all things that I do, that makes me feel more fulfilled at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like I, if I'm with my friends, I want to be a hundred percent there and I peek at the phone every now and then maybe, but like if I'm texting somebody something important, I want to be fully there, you know, and not kind of giving one eye here and one eye there. I want to do, I want to give full attention to whatever I'm giving my attention to the best I can. Yeah. You're doing a great job at it. I'm sure you feel like every day's a, you know, some days you do better than others, but you know, as your good friend, I know all your friends feel like that. So that's a win. Um, okay. So this is my last like big question for you. I'm always listening to entrepreneur podcasts and business podcasts and setting goals and, you know, going through different stages of my own career. Um, did you set actual goals for your career 
or is it kind of more like in your industry you just keep you keep just keep climbing and you just keep going higher or do you set certain goals like i'm really interested in the idea of I've been listening to a lot about the the concept of like you're great how you are right now, but in a year from now, where you are right now would would not be a disappointment, but that's not enough, right? Like every year we should keep growing. So are you setting actual goals or do you just keep grinding and you're just kind of you're kind of moving up next level, next level? Oh yeah, I'm very much a goal setter and I always have been. Like I think it, it's fascinating to me like the art of goal setting, you know, how they should be measurable and timed and all those sorts of things. I take that pretty seriously and I look at my goals very regularly. So, I have short-term goals, I have long-term goals, uh, and I'm thankful that things have kind of propelled on the trajectory that I was hoping that they would. You know, I'm far short from a lot of my goals, but I'm still working towards them. Um but yeah, I constantly make new goals. So, I do it pretty much quarterly and sit down and think about, you know, what's the next year going to look like? What's the next five years going to look like? And try to keep myself on track because I think in any career, you know, particularly what I do in sports, it's so easy just to keep your head down and just grind, 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 grind. And then you look up and it's 10 years later. And if you do, me, if I didn't have a plan, what I'm going to do, what I'm looking forward to doing, it's easy just to get caught up in the day to day and like put out fires as they pop up instead of thinking like longer term, like, you know, what, what that would look like for me, if it could be the way I want it to be. So yeah, very much a goal setter. Um, hope to continue to work on that. And like practically, logistically, are you writing it down? Is it in your phone? Is it in a, in a journal? Like, like you know, kind of so people can kind of take away like action items. Like this is how you set goals because obviously you've achieved so many of them and beyond. Yeah, no, very much written down. I'm old school, like pen and paper notes. And I even hang them up where I can see them. So, you know, again, if it's in my bathroom, a lot of times I leave them up there. In my room, I keep them up there in my mirror. Um, so, yeah, you can see them. I think for me, a big part of the goal setting process is actually writing it pen to paper. Because if you just think about it in your head, you're not going to remember it. Uh, and even if I put it on my computer, I'm never going to pull that document up. But if I actually take the time to write it, uh, it sticks with you a little bit longer. And then putting it somewhere where it's visible and revisit, you don't have to revisit it every day, but like seeing it's there and like, am I keeping on track? It's been helpful for me. So yeah, very much written, written down goals. Again, I'm old school pen and paper, but. I love that. And then it makes it also, it makes it more real. Like I'm committing to this goal. Sometimes when I found that I set a goal, I'll write it in like a goals book. And then like you say, you kind of tuck it away, but it's almost like I'm not fully committing to the goal. I love having it right in front of you because you're like, this is the goal. Unequivocally, this is the goal and it's out so that I can keep reminding myself. So that way you don't just kind of, like you say, get into the routine of life and just keep going. You know, you have those like little wake up moments like, no, 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 this is my goal. So if I want to achieve that, I need to, you know, do this more or, you know, kind of whatever it is. Sure. And what I would encourage people to do, like if you're thinking of goals, think five times bigger because it's natural. You know, I think people tend to, you know, have self-doubt and second guess yourself. But when I'm looking back through my old goals, they were very like a very limited mindset, you know, and they were very easy to achieve goals because it would make me feel good if I could like check it off. But as I've gotten older and more confident, it's like better if I don't reach my goals because that gives me something else I need to work towards or um, it's, you don't always need to achieve them. You know, sometimes it's better if you don't, just because you had a, a goal it may not be the right one. It be, could be too easy. So, you know, I think as people think about their goal setting process, make it bigger than you imagine because um, you can always reach for the stars and continue to grow. That's the best message. I'm telling you, I think people are going to get so much value out of this. I wish I would have heard that 10 years ago because you're exactly right. Sometimes we put our own ceilings 
you know, we put our own ceilings to where it's like, wait a minute, like, why, why not bigger? Well, and for us type A'ers, um, like yourself, you're just like, if I can check it off my list, I'm going to feel so good if I can just check it off. No, that means it's too easy. It's something, I, it's probably something I'd already done. And I'm just like, if I could just check it off and make me feel good. No, that's the wrong way to go about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. I can't thank you enough. You are such an inspiration and you are so interesting. And I just feel so, I feel so grateful that you came today. And I feel so grateful to be your good friend. Yeah. No, thank you so much. The feeling's mutual. I appreciate you having me. It means a lot. You're the best. Hopefully, I'm sure we'll get more questions and maybe we'll figure out another another really interesting topic and do this again if you're up for it. Of course. Let me know. Happy to help. Okay. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.